Mindfulness Mode 314. So when we can find meaning in something larger than I, those problems start to dissolve. You're listening to Mindfulness Mode, and I'm your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's always great to have you on the other end listening and making all of this worthwhile. I've been at the New Media Summit. I've been traveling and uh, just got back a day or two ago. Thank you so much for... uh, for keeping this show going because it was great hearing from some of my fans at the New Media Summit, some of my listeners, so great. And now I have new listeners, so welcome if you're one of the new listeners from the New Media Summit in San Diego. It was so exciting to go there and speak about being a podcaster and share some of my knowledge. Today, I think you're going to truly enjoy this episode. It was a great interview. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's interview with Rob. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I think you're going to totally enjoy this episode. It's about adventure. And I have Rob Harsh with me today. Hey, Rob, are you in mindfulness mode? Uh, yeah, Bruce, I'm, I'm definitely in mindfulness mode, and it's really great to be here to talk to you today. Yeah, great to have you here, Rob. Rob Harsh is all about adventure. In fact, even created an adventure company where he takes people on mountain treks, multi-sport expeditions, caving, kayaking adventures, and other high-risk nature trips. Rob believes the best way to face adversity is to surrender yourself to whatever is there. That's what he did when he faced stage four lung cancer and was given a 4% chance of survival. I mean, we're talking 4% chance. Well, we'll hear that story today. Rob transforms people's lives by sharing his extensive proven survival skills to lead people to win in business and to win in life. So, Rob, what does mindfulness mean to you? You know, mindfulness is, to me, I think one of the greatest skills we we can acquire as human beings. To me, mindfulness is, is simple, yet it's very complex. It's just about being fully present in the moment and experiencing the moment without bias. You know, we put... We put layers and layers and layers uh, upon our experience with our thoughts and our emotions, our memories, our fears, our anxieties. For me, mindfulness is becoming really aware of of how we're we're trying to uh, push our our experience uh, and just being aware of how we're reacting to to others and and, and, uh, just being fully in the moment. So as a kid, Rob, were you a hellion? Were you just like on the go all the time, running around, climbing? Was that the kind of kid you were? You know, I I definitely was passionate about the outdoors. Um, You know, I I don't know that I was very much uh, a very high energy, you know, go out there and, 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 and get after it kind of kid. You know, I was a little bit more reserved. Uh, I was a little more quiet and introspective, but I really loved to explore. 
you know, and uh, nature was my playground. You know, I loved to play in the forest uh, and, I, and I, I really just love to uh, uh, be out in the world uh, and enjoying and enjoying and experiencing the moment. Well, it feels like we've kind of lost that with our youth. So many young people spend time in front of the computer, they're playing games, they're not outside near to the extent that we were. Do you find that? Uh, you know, absolutely. There's something about, you know, <laughs> I may I may have grown up in, in one of the last generations um, before the internet. You know, I grew up in the 70s yeah. and early 80s and, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it was still a time where, where you know, where our parents used to just kick us out of the house and, and tell us, you know, be back, be back before it gets dark. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was something, there was something so wonderful about that time. And, and it is something I feel like we've lost. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that it's good or bad. You know, technology provides us incredible uh, uh, opportunities to grow and learn uh, and experience life on a different level, but it, it also can be a limitation because it's something that can become uh, very addictive, um, and and it can it, it can definitely you know it can definitely have this effect where we we kind of lose touch with you know the, the world the way it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I know you love the mountains. What is it about the mountains that gets you connected to your own mindfulness? You know, there's something about the mountains. Uh, I live in Boulder, Colorado, and and it, it's just amazing to see how how fast uh, Colorado is growing. Um, and, and, you know, definitely there's a lot of opportunity here, a lot of jobs, but I really think people come here for the mountains. People come here for nature. Uh, people come here for the opportunity to go out and, and explore the outdoors. For me, you know, there's an energy in the mountains. Um, you know, when I go up into the mountains, there's a silence up in the mountains, you know, I'm not far from the Continental Divide and you can go climb up in the Continental Divide and you can hear silence. And there's something amazing about it because you can actually hear silence. Yeah, I wanted to know about that. What does that mean, Rob? You know, silence makes a noise. I mean, I can't really explain it, but you know, when you become aware of it, when you become mindful as mindful of it, it, it's a very powerful experience. And, you know, I've spent years and years and years exploring, you know, all kinds of different environments, you know, mountains and deserts and oceans. And, you know, there's something about nature, you know, nature is real, nature is raw, and it connects us to that natural raw element within us you know i don't know that we're meant to be disconnected from that but somehow in this modern world through all of our technology and and, and modern conveniences and, and materials we've become disconnected from that world I, I really i really feel compassion for kids who are growing up in the inner city you know, and they, they have, you know, there's just a hum of noise 
created by traffic and 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 you know the buildings and the planes going by and all this stuff and you know I, I think there's something to this connection with the natural world and so you know that's that's a big part of of the passion in my life is is helping people reconnect with the natural world and connect with people around the world who are living very traditional lifestyles indigenous people who are living up in the mountains of peru or in the, the himalayas in nepal or or uh, around africa you know people who are living uh, indigenous ways of life we have something to learn from those people you know we can't leave that way of being in the world behind uh, in favor of just technology alone. How do people know when they get to that point? I mean, there are so many people working in the corporate world or they're, they're completely disengaged from nature. And I'm sure that they come to a point where they're suddenly like, man, I need to book some kind of a trek. I need to get out into nature. How do they know when that happens? You know, I, I think it's it comes down to, you know, having greater meaning and being inspired in our lives. I mean, I, I've looked back at my life and I've really found that the times that I felt most grounded and most connected is when there was something that I was doing in my life that was meaningful, something that was inspiring. Um, for some people, work is very meaningful and inspiring, but for other people, they're just going through the motions, you know, and, 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 you know, they're, they're walking through life more as spectators and less as participants. Um, you know, so I've worked very hard in my life to move from being a spectator in life, just watching others out there, uh, on, on the field of life, playing the game, moving out into the field, becoming a participant in my life, finding out what inspires me, what gives me meaning, and eventually moving in to this role of being a creator, you know, and helping guide other people find that purpose, find that passion in their life. And I believe mindfulness and meditation is a really, really powerful vehicle for doing that. I mean, meditation is a skill that's been around for thousands of years. Um, and, and I think in today's modern age, we need mindfulness more than ever. I agree. What does meditation look like in your life, Rob? Is it silent? Is it every day? Is it occasional? What's it like? Yeah, I, I have I have a sitting meditation practice, um, but it's it's not really extensive. You know, I don't sit more than a half hour a day. You know, I I truly believe, and I've had many teachers. Uh, I've sat with Zen Zen monks. I've sat with Tibetan Buddhist monks. I've sat with shaman in the in the mountains of South America. Uh, you know, I've learned from people who who have really gone beyond an intellectual understanding of meditation and mindfulness and had an experience of meditation and mindfulness. So, you know, I practice a couple of different forms of meditation. I practice uh, a form of uh, Buddhist meditation called Zogen, uh, which is very powerful. Um, I practice loving kindness meditation, heart-centered meditation. Uh, and I also practice mantra meditation, 
But what I teach others really is practical mindfulness meditation. I realize that if you don't like meditating, if, if you're being forced into a very narrow way of meditating and that doesn't work for you and it, and, and it doesn't allow you uh, to be inspired to sit and meditate on a daily basis, then, then, then that way of meditating uh, doesn't work. You know, so I try and find uh, personalized ways uh, to keep people uh, uh, consistent in their meditation practice. So I draw upon a number of different styles of meditation, uh, and, and I find out what works for uh, the clients that I work with. Right. Rob, I know that you were given a 4% chance to live as a result of a diagnosis of lung cancer. When did this happen and how did you make it through this challenge? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in 2016. Um, it doesn't seem like that very long ago, but um, it feels like a, a decade has passed since that diagnosis. And, you know, all of the things that I've done in my life, you know, the, the adventures and, you know, the, the ultra racing, uh, adventure racing, all of these really uh, uh, long distance endurance races that I've done really prepared me um, to look at cancer a different way. You know, I think, you know, I, I brought all my friends and family together, you know, to tell them what was happening with me. And, and the way I explained it to them is that, that, you know, cancer may kill me and may not kill me. But along the way, there's something that it has to teach me. And there, there's healing that, that is going to come from that either way. You know, and I'm, I'm talking about, you know, emotional healing, uh, uh, spiritual healing, uh, even physical healing, you know, even though it may kill me. So I basically told my friends and family that the cancer was a gift and that the only thing that I had to do, you know, from this point out was learn what, what it was here to teach me. So uh, instead of really worrying about you know, whether it was going to kill me or not, because, you know, none of us make it out of this journey alive, you know, we're all going to pass. So, you know, very quickly, I came to a level of acceptance with the situation, and I moved beyond it. And I looked to something larger than myself, uh, lar larger than the illness. I think when we get out of this, this headspace, this, this thing about me, 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 or I, 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 you know, you know, because that's where all the problems exist. All problems stem from I. So when we can find meaning in something larger than I, those problems start to dissolve. Those fears, those anxieties, that self-doubt starts to dissolve. So I started to really practice mindfulness on a deep level. And, and I went and I, and I actually found a teacher. Well, he found me uh, in a way. And I, and I started to sit every week with uh, uh, a, a Buddhist Tibetan Rinpoche. And he basically taught me 
the secrets of meditation from, from his perspective. And it wasn't an intellectual transference. He was really bringing me to an experience of meditation because, you know, we, we, we sit and we meditate and we, we use one technique or another, you know, and that technique brings us to, to the point where meditation actually arises. Once the meditation actually arises, then we can dispose of the technique and we can just be in meditation and we can yeah. explore meditation. We can be mindful of the space that we're experiencing within ourselves. So would you say then that you surrendered to the cancer and you just let it be what it was rather than fighting it? I would absolutely say that the the path for me was surrender. And, and I don't mean surrender by giving up. Like I, I, I certainly haven't given up. The one question I asked myself was why do I want to live? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know that many people ask themselves that question, but when you're faced with your own mortality, it's a question that arises and you really have to be prepared for the answer that comes forward. And what was the answer? My answer was that I had something greater to give um, to others. Um, that, that, that the journey that I had been on um, and everything that I had done in my life um, had taught me things that, that I believed uh, others could benefit from. Now I'm not going, I'm not out here, you know, trying to change the world. You know, people have to want to change their lives. They have to, they, they have to make a choice. You know, if there's something that's not working for them in their lives, they have to make the choice to change. You know, it just doesn't happen. You know, so, so people who come to me are, are people who, um, have have come to that point in their life and they're, they're ready to make a change for whatever reason some people are stuck uh you know with with big challenges and adversities you know with their health some people are dealing with family issues some people just want to make a change in their career they say i'm not happy with the the, the current job that i'm doing i really want to follow my passion in life so when people come to me um you know, with that mindset, you know, it's, it's amazing um, once people make this choice. So I help, I, I basically help them get out of their own way and I give them some very practical tools, uh, mindfulness and meditation being one of those tools um, to really help them free themselves from from these 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 limiting beliefs or the, these these limiting ideas uh, that 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 they have in their minds. What's the most life changing expedition you've ever been on? You know, there's been so many, but I, I'll have to say it was it was the very first one that I went on when I was 25 years old, you know, I was, you know, I would graduated college and I, and I gotten a job and I'd started my career and, and, uh, you know, I, I was, I did pretty well. Uh, you know, I, I worked, uh, I did, I was an environmental engineer and I did environmental protection, environmental sustainability. 
Um, but, but, you know, it really wasn't my passion. You know, I, I really had this, this, this burning desire from childhood to go out and explore the world. So when I was 25, I decided I was going to go to the Himalayas of Nepal and I was going to climb, uh, I was going to climb mountains, um, up amongst the highest mountains in the world. And I, I really didn't have the money. And I could have come up with, you know, a thousand excuses why I shouldn't go. Um, but, but, you know, I pushed all of those aside and I just, I decided that, you know, this is something that I wanted to do in my life. And it was amazing. It was an amazing experience because, you know, once you leave the shores of America and you, and you really go out and explore the world and find out how the rest of the world lives, I mean, your mind is, is expanded. Uh, uh, you know, you, you grow and you learn and you see, you know, how, how, how these, you know, Nepal is a very poor nation. Yet I saw more happiness in the faces of the people there than, than the people I saw, you know, that I, that, that I worked with and, and, you know, that I saw every day in my life in America. And so there was something amazing about that. And, you know, they had a very deep-rooted uh, tradition of, uh, spirituality, uh, you know, is very ingrained and embedded in their lifestyle. You know, uh, in Nepal, there's, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism. Um, there's lots of monuments and, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's a very uh, uh, amazing culture to immerse yourself in. But, there, you know, there was a moment, you know, upon reaching the summit of, of my first Himalayan mountain and you know climbing in the Himalayas is really 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 difficult you know climbing at altitude you know and it, I wasn't you know climbing up there with the big boys you know I was up near um, you know 18 19 20,000 feet you know which is still bigger than anything you can climb in in, in, in America um, it's very very difficult um, you have to deal with the weather you have to deal with uh, uh, you know, the conditions. Um, uh, I, I dealt with a fair bit of taunting from the group that I was in. Uh, I was traveling with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Brits who have a very dry sense of humor. And I was the only American in the group, you know, and, and I struggled on this trip. I struggled with the altitude. I, and, you know, I got sick, um, the first couple of days and, and I had to kind of lay up and, and, and rest. And I took a lot of flack from that, especially from the lead guide. You know, he kept egging me on and pushing me uh, and teasing me. And, um, you know, it was something that I ended up really just embracing embracing mm. and it ended up driving me and pushing me to 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 dig deeper and uh you know i ended up actually being the first one to the summit uh, of this peak uh this peak called lobage and it's an amazing peak it hovers around twenty-one thousand feet and it's directly across the kumbu uh, glacier from Mount Everest. So you get to the summit of this mountain and you're looking straight across at the summit of Mount Everest. And uh, the, the main guide, Ross, was was waiting there at the summit. And after all of his teasing for days and days and days, 
you know, I, I reached up to the summit and he reached out his hand and he pulled me up to the summit. And there was just this moment on the summit of this peak that was timeless, mm. you know, where everything kind of, everything vanished. It was, it was just, it was, it was just the most magical moment I can remember in my life. And it's a moment that transformed my whole journey and my whole path for the next 30 years of my life. And is that when you decided to form an adventure company of your own? Uh, no, actually, well, I mean, I, I think it was always there, uh, uh, but it wasn't quite at the surface yet. You know, it was, you know, it took me many, many, many more years to 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 really get to a point where um, uh, I was I was maybe ready to to go out and lead and guide others. You know, this is about mastery. You know, mindfulness and mastery go kind of hand in hand. Um, you know, it, it takes practice. And, you know, sometimes it takes years and years and years and years of practice. So, um, you know, that that was a point which really, you know, uh, uh, was the point at which my practice, my path in life became more clear. Right, I see. Well, it's fascinating to talk with you because I know that it's changed the lives of many, many people that you've taken on some of these hikes and treks and expeditions. Can you tell us a story about one person whose life it changed? Yeah, you know, so <clears throat> there was a trip I did uh, in the spring uh, of, of 2017, and um you know, this was a time where I was still fairly sick, um, but um, this was another thing that came in for me, you know, in starting my adventure travel company, you know, it, my intention was all about serving others. And it was about taking people out into the outdoors and giving them a transformative experience, uh, not just a vacation. You know, my trips are not vacations. Uh, you, you know, we have fun and, and, and we, we have good meals and we laugh and we enjoy ourselves, but, but, you know, it's, it's also a transformative experience. So I bring a lot of my experience of being in the mountains for, for over 20 years to the experience. So, you know, when I got sick, you know, this was something that I really wanted to continue to do. It's something that gave me meaning. It was my bigger why in life. So, um, so I had a group that, that was signed up to go to Machu Picchu in, in Peru. And uh, so I, I just decided, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to train for it, you know, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it, even though I wasn't uh, feeling very good. There was a point in my lung cancer where, uh, I didn't have the lung capacity to even climb up the stairs. So I went from a guy who was, you know, kind of on the top of the world from a, from an right. athletic standpoint to, to a guy who struggled um, to get up the stairs in my house. So over four months, I trained to get to a point um, where I could take this group to Machu Picchu. And there was one woman in particular, uh, her name was Irene, and, and she was uh, 65 years old. And she was uh, struggling with weight. 
And it turned out we had a couple of personal trainers uh, on this trip and they were training the group to come on this trip. Mm -hmm. So we worked to, 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 to get this woman, Irene, into, into shape. So, you know, she lost several pounds. She was trekking every day. She was building up her strength, uh, building up her confidence to a point where she could get through this trek. And it's a very difficult trek. It's 75 miles and uh, maybe 50,000 feet of climbing up and down. So it, it's, it's serious trekking. And um, she made it through the entire track, um, you know, we, we maybe put her on a donkey once or twice, uh, you know, to get her through some of the really tougher, tougher sections of the track. But uh, we got to Machu Picchu and, and uh, you know, shared a moment as a group, you know, and reflected upon the trip and, you know, looking into her eyes and, and seeing the, the joy that she had uh, from the accomplishment of making it through that trip and, and being able to see a part of the world that she never, ever dreamt she would see in her life uh, was really a truly amazing experience for me. It sounds amazing. In the summer, my family and I went to Newfoundland and we did a lot of exploring there and we did some caving with with a guy similar to you who created his own adventure company. And it was, it was pretty exciting and, you know, just getting out there and enjoying nature and discovering the caves. It was, it was fantastic. Rob, I want to ask you, were you ever bullied? Do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness might've made a difference? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think I went for, through a fair bit of, of bullying or, or being teased as a kid. Um, you know, I think it's something that that uh, I've struggled with uh, growing up. I think it's something that drove me uh, growing up. So, I, you know, I won't say necessarily that 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 experience is necessarily a bad experience. You know, because it, it it's 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 giving us a different perspective of how we're showing up in life. Obviously, the person right. on the other end is showing up in a particular way as well. So, it it allowed me to see a side of myself that that um, where I needed to grow in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I really think that it drove me to a point where um, I could gain greater confidence in my life to go out and do the things uh, that that really gave me more meaning and passion in life you know when i came back from um when i came back from nepal um i really decided that i i, I read this this amazing book called surviving the toughest race on earth and um i came back from nepal and i said you know that's what i want to do and um, immediately, I, I found uh, a team uh, who, who, who was competing in these adventure races uh, locally. And uh, I, I basically begged uh, the, the, the captain of the team to let me race with him. This guy was an ex-military guy. He was a Marine. 
And, uh, you know, he basically said, no, you know, I don't know if you have the experience to do this. I don't know if I want to race with you, blah, 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 this and that. And, and, you know, I said, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Just, just let me join the team and, and, uh, you know, everything's going to work out. And, uh, we did this very first race, which was a 24 hour race in, uh, uh, Wisconsin. And, uh, 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 we ended up finishing this very first race uh, in third place overall. Uh, and after the race, I went to him. I said, "Okay, you know, let's go out and let's do let's do the the big races. Let's do the Granddaddy race. Let's go do the Eco Challenge, which was a very famous race back back at the time." And uh, you know, he looked at me and said, "Well, you know, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that." I said, "Okay, well." thanks, I'm, I'm going to go do the Eco Challenge. And, uh, uh, you know, I just decided that, you know, that that's what I was going to do. So it, it's interesting. I think that, you know, this this idea of bullying, for me personally, necessarily being a bad thing, I, I think that there's a, there's, there's a silver lining to it in a way where it, 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 in many ways in my life, it kind of drove me towards excellence. And, um, you know, I, I guess that experience that I had in Nepal on the Himalayan summit where I just, uh, you know, where I was being teased and, 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 and uh, 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 you know, bullied in a way, you know, just drove me to, to prove them wrong. Right. You know, to prove them that 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 you know I I, I wasn't the person that they, they thought I was. It gave uh, you an extra push. Absolutely. Somehow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As we move, Rob, toward the end of the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just thirty second answers are perfect. The okay. first one is this: Who is one person, just one person, who has influenced your mindfulness in your life? You know, absolutely. I'd have to say, uh, you know, my meditation teacher, uh, um, a man named Lopan Rinpoche, uh, a man who's 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 really supported me in, in the last year and year and a half or so um, as I've been battling cancer, and has really taught me, um, you know, deep, deep, deep uh, uh, secrets of meditation and mindfulness. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Rob? It, it's helped me to see beyond my emotions. You know, I, I, I think, you know, the, the fallacy is, is that we are our thoughts, we are our emotions, but um, we are really so much more than that. And when we can separate ourselves from our thoughts and our emotions and see beyond them and step into this, uh, larger being that we are, um, we find uh, more calm. We find more fulfillment. We we find more happiness in life. Uh, it's not that those thoughts and emotions ever stop, but we we begin to see them in a different way. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Absolutely. Breathing is quintessential. Uh, you know, we never stop breathing. Uh, for me, it, it's been an important aspect and an important focus uh, with my lung cancer. Um, 
also as an athlete and a runner, I've practiced breathing uh, throughout my life. Um, simply focusing on the breath and connecting deeper within yourself is, is a powerful practice that helps one uh, really get through a lot of anxiety, fear, and self-doubt in, in your life. So Rob, if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that book be? I think one of the first books that I ever read um, was uh, a book called Freedom from the Known by Jadu Krishnamurti. And he is the father of what's called choiceless awareness. I think, you know, within the pages of that book, which you could read over and over and over again and, and find something new every time you, you read it, uh, are powerful, powerful lessons um, for how to practice mindfulness in your life. Is there an app that you recommend for mindfulness? You know, I've actually started to use uh, this this device called Amuse. Yes, is, I use that too, yes. Yeah, which is a headband that monitors your brain waves. And I actually am starting to use this with clients um, because it's, it's just a very practical way to help people stay uh, motivated uh, uh, to meditate and, and, and practice mindfulness. And I've found even as, you know, an, ex, an expert meditator that it's even opened up more opportunities for me because there's something about the device that actually just, I mean, and I've practiced different styles of meditation with it and it just, it just trains your brain, you know, and it just puts you into that, that, that space behind your thoughts and emotions and it allows you to center and it allows you to calm. So I'm really working with this with myself, but also with my clients um, to help keep them motivated and inspired. Great. I'll put all of this information into our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com, Rob. So it has been really fantastic talking with you today. How can we reach out and connect with you? Maybe maybe one of us, you know, we're listening and we're thinking, yeah, that's what I need is a trek or an expedition. I need to sign up for something with, with Rob. How can we connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website. Uh, it's awakenedadventures.com. And if you go to awakenedadventures uh, forward slash mindfulness, uh, you can find uh, a free ebook on mindfulness that I've written. Uh, it's very short uh, and very to the point. Um, also, uh, for your listeners, I'm offering a 20% discount on uh, an energy assessment that I offer, which helps people kind of uh, understand their their limitations, their limiting beliefs, uh, and if they use the the coupon code podcast, they can get twenty percent off of that, uh, or they can just sign up uh, for a free consultation with me uh, from a coaching perspective. Also, I have all of my trips uh, listed on 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 my website, and uh, you can certainly email me to find out about those. Well, Mindful Tribe, make a mental note, awakenedadventures.com. Don't forget that website, www.awakenedadventures.com 
adventures.com and it's all there to check out. Rob, thank you very much for joining us today here on Mindfulness Mode. It's been an honor. Thanks so much, Bruce. It's been a pleasure to be here. Great. Bye now. Bye. Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Rob. If you did, please subscribe and leave a comment on the bottom of the the episode on my website. That's mindfulnessmode.com. I'll mention you on an upcoming episode if you leave me a message. And you can always send me a message on email at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Thank you for all the messages that keep coming in. And also, remember that subscribing and sharing the show helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.